The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober. An unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Why are you looking so scared, Hamish? I think I've upset Alan. Oh my God, what did you do? I may have walked some poo through the studio. Oh God, dog poo. I'm, I don't have a dog, so if it, <laughs> I hope it's dog poo. It could be child oh, or God. human adult poo. I'm not, I don't know. I just saw him drive off, he's not left. looking happy. He has left. You know he's OCD. Is he? Yeah. He's going to be buying bleach, not for the floor, but to probably bleach his entire body in. Oh, no. He's going to bleach my shoes. <laughs> oh, no. He's going to chuck us out of here next week. Dear, oh. oh, dear. Our topic today, everybody, is the sober extrovert or a sober extrovert. And I have brought in a special treat. You're probably wondering, Hamish, what this is in front of me here, but you can probably tell by the scrawlings of a maniac. <laughs> it's my travelling diaries from 1999. Oh my gosh, this yeah, is going to be I, good. Yeah, and I have brought these out before. My famous diary entry from when I was 11, which I read to Lucy, which was, Today I had toad in the hole for lunch, and then I saw a frog in the road after school. Overall, a rather amphibious day. <gasps> Middle class, are you? Yeah. <laughs> and mummy put tea on the agar afterwards. <laughs> oh, this is like Adrian Mole. I'm enjoying <laughs> yeah. this. So, yeah, I bought my diaries in again because I felt it was relevant to the topic. For an example, I'm going to read you the level of intellect of this diary. I'm, I'm going through this thick pages of stuff stuck in. It's like this, you know, it's a real crazy biblical thing isn't it it looks amazing <laughs> i didn't realize i had so many things stuck into it this is the sort of level of intellect we're talking about okay. here today i went for a walk around melbourne went swimming bought a fake human shit and booked myself on a tour saw a kangaroo and then went to a sweaty techno bar <laughs> <laughs> that was a day in 1999 wow so this is the bit I wanted to read you, which just reflects everything that we're going to talk about here. It says, and um, this is the 15th of August, 1999. I still have a lot of fear just generally. I have a feeling that I'm going to die soon just because I do really stupid things when I'm drunk. And one day I think it's going to end in more than a lost finger or a broken collarbone. I must be more careful. I didn't think it's a matter of luck either. It's a matter of keeping myself safe and sober. 
So the word sober, I'm even using it there when I'm 23 years old. I must respect my body. I could really hurt myself. I think it's all down to showing off. What a load of wank. Gosh, that was written 23 years ago. You were having thoughts like this 23 years ago. I will bring my diaries out often, Hamish, because... Every page is a drinking story Mm. and every other page is a hungover story. And my regrets, my shame, every list in here. Here we go. I've got a list on the next page. I must stop being a fool. I must never drink two days in a row. It goes on and on and on. It is just basically a a drinking book. That's all they are. I've got loads of them stemming from the age of 12 to the age of, well, well, I I stopped after my travels, but... Everything is about my risky behaviour and about everything I did and how I drank to be liked. And it took 16, 17 years from writing that to giving up. Yeah, it was a long time. Wow. So I was battling. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, you weren't that bad. You were There was nothing wrong, wrong with you. I should take them those diaries mm. because there you go. That is an example of, of the struggle that was secret. It's a secret struggle. I was battling every time I was hung over with anxiety and regret and panic attacks and all of these feelings of self-hatred, yet nobody knew. Mm. And that is a very, very common side effect of drinking for most people. But we just think, oh, well, I'll learn to do it better and I'll be a better drinker. And so yes, I will bring my diaries out. I'm going to read you a poem from one at the end. There's, oh, yeah. a lot, there's lots of poems in there. There's something quite sad about you writing that yeah. when sober in the mornings and then getting drunk and being the fun fun party vic in the evenings every night it is and not sad. discussing that with friends or family yeah, it is sad because i was putting on an act which mm. is exactly what we're going to talk about today i spent 25 years pretending to be this crazy extrovert whereas in fact i was probably much more introverted and it was the booze making me act out in that way mm. so that's what we're talking about today if it's possible to be a so to be sober and actually still be an extrovert Most of us are under the impression that we are more fun after we've had a drink or two. It is the social lubricant we need and gives us a boost of confidence. Whether that be to approach somebody we fancy for the first time, dance like a lunatic or belt out Craig David at a karaoke (laughs) night. I told you it's going to come up a lot. Oh my God, Craig David again. God, it's like my brother-in-law and the Pet Shop Boys. He's absolutely obsessed with the Pet Shop Boys. It's like the worst band in the whole world. Nothing wrong with this. Oh dear, oh dear. Like I used to, most people like a drink to steady their nerves or rocket boost their personality. Even having pre-drinks before going out, it's become so ingrained in our culture and it's considered totally normal. Just think about that for a second, having a drink before going out for drinks. You wouldn't eat a meal before going out for dinner or watch a movie before going to the cinema. Actually, though, double dinners are my favourite, Hamish. Yep, sure, Nothing that, wrong with double dins. shouldn't have written that. That, that. that does not apply for dinners. Yes. So why do we do it? We do it because for a moment it relieves social anxiety. Generally, us perfectly imperfect humans believe we are more relaxed and likeable when we're a bit tipsy, Hamish. I can totally relate with that. So if you are an introvert, you might look at alcohol as a means of helping you out of the fragile shell you like to hide in. Or if you're already quite extrovert, you probably use booze to turn everything up a notch or two. Yeah, a bit like a little excitable chihuahua that smoked crack. Oh, what an image. Yeah. (laughs) But does using alcohol to make yourself more fun actually work? Does booze really turn us into more wild, windswept and interesting people? Or has it become such a crutch that we automatically rely on it in every social situation? It's an interesting one, Vic. Perhaps we all use booze because we think our natural way of simply being ourselves just isn't enough. Yes, your natural way of being yourself, Hamish, is enough for me, I swear. Necking toxic liquids until I saw double did make me feel more confident. The more subdued 
side of my personality was washed away after a few rounds of Stella, and what was left over was an unreserved, fully ovary yobbo. Was that better, really? I'm not so sure. Yeah, good luck, Vic. Anyway, today, as you hobble past on your wobbly alcohol crutches, we're going to rip them from your hands and push you in the pool. But will you sink or swim without them? Can you still be an extrovert without the booze? Let's let's find find out. out. Yeah. Today we're going to tell you about the role that alcohol has played in our social lives and question if we are really extroverts. Or was it just the alcohol playing a sneaky, clever little trick? Yes, that naughty alcohol. So introvert or extrovert, on this episode we will try and show you just how to be the best version of yourself without booze. It's all about those genuine smiles rather than those red wine teeth ones. Yeah, I really suffered from that. Oh, it's an awful look, <sighs> isn't it? You think you look good and then you see the photographs the night before and like, Oh no, the oh, red wine teeth. Especially got a bit of dribble down your front as well. It's always a bit of red down your cardi. Yeah, yeah, red wine on the white shirt. and then, oh. Oh, yeah, I used to go out and have red wines at lunch when I was working in London and we'd come back with red wine teeth mm. and pretend to be in the office and be like, oh yeah, we're really like confident and pretty and we'd just be like dribbling messes I with red you, wine teeth. I tell you what's worse than red wine teeth is that the little bit of gunk that you get on oh, either yeah. side of your mouth. <laughs> And you don't, if you don't know the person, you can't say you've got the weird... You've lip, got the, the gunk. gunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's much worse than the red wine yeah, tea. Yeah, the gunk. The gunk used to come out a bit more when I was a raver and I used to do take ecstasy. Yeah. There would be a lot of gunk yeah. at the sides of my mouth <laughs> as I gurned in the toilet with a stranger. I wasn't going to go there, but you have. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> the gunk. I've got it. Dear, oh, dear. So do you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert, Vic? Well, it's a funny one because what with what I'm doing now, I feel like I act extrovert to please people still in some ways. Mm. So, for example, last weekend, it's just gone Sunday yesterday, I hosted a sober breakfast for a load of women, lovely women. They all come along. Some are drinking, some are not, some are sober curious. And we sit down and we have breakfast and we talk about alcohol for two hours, about how it affects us and everything. And I think there's a certain responsibility that I have to bring people together and to act extrovert in those circumstances because people need someone who's going to take control and to lead the conversation and and to bring the people together and make it safe. And I take on that role because I've organised it. So therefore, if you're an organiser of something, I think you do have to act out a little bit and kind of pump up your personality so that I don't don't do it so that everybody likes me, but I do it so everybody feels comfortable. Mm. And that is part of my people pleasing ways that I do that. I've always done that in different forms so you play the part of the host i play the part of the host so that everybody else can relax and it's kind of like me giving part of myself over to make sure everybody else feels okay (laughs) i don't know whether there's anything wrong with that or whether that's going to deplete me in some way in the future because i'll probably do that a bit too much but i definitely act in an extrovert way when i first gave up drinking i used to go out and still act like i was drunk i've talked Mm. about this on the podcast with lucy before i used to act pissed i didn't know another way of being I was almost like doing swan dives on the dance floor and doing weird robot dancing just because I thought that was expected of me, even when I was sober. I don't do that anymore. I just don't go out as much. When I do go out, I do like to still have fun. And whether I'm pushing that a little bit is a good question. I'm not sure. But I'm definitely more introverted than I ever was. And I do think I used alcohol throughout my life to make me more extrovert because I thought that's what people wanted. They wanted a show off. They wanted the stories. They wanted 
did the dance moves and the promiscuity and all of those things that I did because that gave them a story and that made everybody happy. So whether I was introvert or extrovert throughout my life, I always was trying to please people with how I acted. Mm. And now the only reason I say I'm more introvert is because I don't care so much about what people think. I've already started thinking. I've got these two weddings coming up in England. Yeah. And my friends will know that I'm sober. And I already think that I'm going to want to act like I'm having the most fun. Yes. And like overcompensate and dance like a nutter. Yeah. So that people can be like, wow, like he's having so much fun and he's sober. And, you know, whether or not that is how I would act authentically or not, I don't actually know. I love yep. dancing. But yeah, that's something I've really thought about. Am I going to be playing the role of someone sober having fun at these social situations? Well, I think because we're doing this podcast, Hamish, there's a certain reputation that we want to break. There's a stigma that people that are sober are boring. Mm. So you and I now have a responsibility to show others that, look, we're not boring. We're fun. We're normal. We still have a laugh. Look, and I can still do the splits and down a pint of water instead of a pint. I can still do stupid things. Giving up drinking doesn't mean that I've given up my life. So I do feel as like you will do at that wedding that we have a certain responsibility to say, look, we're here holding the mantle high Mm. and we're still fun. Look at me. But there's only so long you can do that before before it's absolutely bloody exhausting. And you're like, I need to go hide in the toilet on my own. So you're a mixture of sort of introvert and extrovert now. I'm extrovert when I need to be for the sake of others uh, but I would say if I had the choice if I was at home and I had all the things that I want to do are introvert I want to play Scrabble I want to do Wordle I want to play Boggle I love word games I want to do crosswords I want to watch shit reality television at home on my own with a cup of tea and a bar of chocolate that is not extrovert Yeah I sort of feel like I'm a bit of that as well I would describe myself as an extrovert I suppose Throughout my life, I've always liked showing off. I was doing stand-up. I was an actor. I work in radio, presenting. These are all things that are, I guess, are extrovert characteristics or careers. And I'm definitely someone that is energised through meeting people. So if I'm tired, actually going out and being around people gives me more energy than staying home, which sounds counterintuitive, but I'm definitely that person. Um, I'm just going to interrupt you there. When I met you, the reason I liked you is because I don't meet many extroverts. And I could see that in you when I first met you and that endeared me to you so we're not saying that being an extra is always going to be a bad thing because actually it's somebody who's quite vibrant as well isn't it and somebody who's got energy and that's what I felt about you you have a real energy about you a good energy yeah thank you so much I've always been like that I think show off show off is an interesting phrase because it's something that you tell your kids, don't be a show off. Yeah. It's like a negative thing. I don't think showing off is necessarily a negative thing. The same way being an extrovert is not a negative thing. One of my first memories, and this is oversharing, but I want to tell you this story. Oh, God. Our family game is Uno. Yes, right? okay. Yeah, we're also, Uno. Well, we're the only family in the world that actually plays the rules the way they were written. Okay. There's none of this. If I put down plus two, then you can put down plus two and the next person picks up plus four. Those are not the rules. <laughs> And you can only play plus four if you have no other cards that you can play. Remind me to not play Uno. Yeah, you? let's not get into a whole Uno episode. But <laughs> I'm good at Uno. There is no skill to Uno. But in my family, I have the luck and I win Uno. Okay. And my party trick from like really young, and I haven't done it for a bit, but my party trick is if I won a hand, I'd run out the kitchen, I'd get naked, I'd run in and do a lap naked around the table, <laughs> celebrating in their faces. Yeah, I wasn't noble in success yeah is that the same? yeah yeah that sounds I'd rub, yeah. yeah i'd rub it not it but i'd rub it in their faces <laughs> that, that i'd run at uno oh so I've always i'm been glad a... i'm not gonna play uno with you in that <laughs> exactly. case i don't let's want anything never... rubbed in my face thank you very much no let's never go camping together and play uno there's nowhere <laughs> yeah. to run so yeah, i guess i've always kind of characterized myself as an extrovert 
But we like to look at the science, right? Let's yeah. have a look at the science just quickly. Um, so how does this work? Why does alcohol increase our tendencies to be more out of our shells and extroverted? In the next section, we're going to say some words that make us sound like we're intellectual. But actually, we don't know what they mean. Oh, yes. And we'll probably pronounce them badly. We apologise in advance. Please don't email in. I know we're a pair of dunces, but we don't need to know that you think that too. Yeah, but we sound smart. We do. So let's start by looking at what is actually going on in your brain when you take that first sip of the night. How does it make people feel more confident? Well, initially, the alcohol increases the activity in the dopamine neurons and the mesolimbic reward pathway. Oh, yes, I like a reward pathway. Ooh. <laughs> as well as opioid cells that release endorphins. Well, I know those words. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you like me that didn't pay enough attention in science class, dopamine is a hormone and neurotransmitter that helps promote positive feels, including happiness and pleasure. It's a self-confidence booster. Okay, so that's the key. So whilst endorphins are not only the body's natural pain reliever, they can also boost your mood. Correct. These are what are naturally produced during pleasurable activities like exercise, sex and laughing. Okay, so what you're effectively doing is tricking your brain into thinking you're having a better time than you are. Clever. You will feel more relaxed, joyful and happy when you're drinking. The alcohol is pushing you, tricking you to act in a more extroverted manner than usual. Well, until you end up in a blackout after boozing too much. But until that point, the alcohol is making you feel much more confident. Okay, so alcohol can make even the shyest person feel like an extrovert. You may have insecurities when leaving the house about your personality, how you look, your behaviour, but after a few drinkies, that all dribbles away and the drunk you, the extrovert that seems to make others happy, comes out to play. Hmm, so interesting. So what we're saying is, and the science is saying, is usually the extrovert is temporary. That's right, isn't it, Hamish? Yes. We accept that it is us for just a few hours and we like that. It feels good becoming that more eccentric person for a night. I mean, that's all I did it for. The dopamine high is like snorting a line of self-confidence. It's a hit, one that, like with all drugs, has a come down. And with the hangover, you climb back into your introverted shy suit and carry on until the next party when you can be that glittery, likeable person again. So it sounds to me like we all have a kind of vulnerability in us, which is that we are dull or not as chatty or not as attractive to the opposite sex when we're sober. That yeah. sounds like it's at the core of a lot of us yeah. and drinking is the fix. It's about inhibitions, isn't it? So once we drink and those inhibitions are gone, all of those worries about how we look and how we feel, they've gone out of the window. So therefore we act in an extroverted way, a way that we wouldn't normally be. And it changes our personalities. What we're trying to discuss today is whether that's a good thing or not. Mm. Whereas I think probably it's not. It's weird that that's not a thought that ever enters your mind when you're 10. No. Before booze is even in your world, you're never thinking, oh, I'm not fun at parties or yeah. I hope I say the right thing or I hope my friends like me. Then suddenly booze comes in and those are worries that you have. But it's funny as well when you even when you have your first drink, you don't really think about it. You just think, well, everyone else is doing this so that mm. it must be what I should do. So therefore, I'm going to do it. You don't think about the consequences of why you're doing it. You don't think I'm doing this to make myself feel better or to make others feel happy. You just think, well, I'm just going to have a drink. And then you do it for years and years and years. And then in the end, you end up doing it to prop up your personality. So I guess it's a type of release. When you morph from one type of person to another, like a superhero, you get to wear your cape for a night and win over the crowd and save the day. Everyone has a better night because the booze superhero is in the house. And I think, Hamish, wanting to be something you're not is really dangerous. That feeling is addictive. 
And that's, yeah, that's what you become. You become an alcoholic because you're reliant upon being somebody that you're not. Mm -hmm. It sounds deep and intricate, but, you know, if we were really going down to those deep levels with this, that's what a lot of drinking is about. It's about you not accepting yourself as you are, perhaps not dealing with some childhood drama and numbing everything out. Yeah. And looking for a solution to your problems. We'll be back straight after these short messages from our partners. Well, let's start by talking a little bit about our own experiences. So, Vic, how have you used alcohol as liquid courage in your life? Yes, Hamish, I definitely used alcohol as liquid courage throughout my life. I mean, I was adding cheap bubbly to my personality because it made me more showy and fun. I do it now in different ways because I'm introverted now. I put on bright clothing like Hamish and I did a photo shoot this week and I was dressed up basically like a clown. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you look like a children's TV presenter. I did. I look like um, Wackaday. What's his name? Are you? Pro- you're probably before a bit young time, for Wackaday. Timmy Mallet. Anyone listening is in their forties would know exactly who Timmy Mallet is. I can't believe that's before your time. You're making me feel old. <laughs> but I was wearing bright clothes because sometimes I do that, like to prop up my personality, like I used to do with with alcohol. So I have different ways of being an extrovert now, which is a bit sad. <laughs> no, I like that about you. Do you? I, yeah, I looked at you that day. I was like, God, I have dull clothes. Okay, I came good. in black jeans and a grey hoodie and then you came dressed as a rainbow I was like what is my life I was like a rainbow farting unicorn wasn't I that day I was like jumping around like the sprightly sober clown and sort of Hamish was stood beside me with sort of sad face yeah exactly (laughs) I need actually I went shopping yesterday and thought I need to rethink this okay I'll take you shopping to the rainbow shop at the plaza you'll love it yeah you're gonna come out your wife's gonna go (laughs) what (laughs) so I drank before going out and if we're really going to think about this why do people drink before going out what do you think? It's confidence, isn't it? It's confidence. So you're drinking because you, get, you think it's going to make you more have fun and it's going to top you up and make you feel better about yourself, which is really toxic when you think about it. It's also nerves, right? People get nerves, nerves. and butterflies before going out. Yes, and you've got social anxiety. So therefore you're feeling nervous and the alcohol takes that away and makes you feel better for a short moment in time. But that's not the real you. So it's really fucked up. Have you ever thought that also it's just something to do with your hands? Whenever I'm having a standing conversation with someone rather than a sitting conversation, I need to do something with my hands. And holding a drink or holding a cigarette is something to do with your hands. Yeah, I guess that's why alcohol-free drinks now. Like, I know I I don't agree with the re-representation of the culture, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, standing with an alcohol-free drink at a bar, for me now, like having alcohol-free beer... I do feel more comfortable because of that exact reason. It gives me something in my hands. It gives me a replacement. I'm still getting a treat. I'm still out and no one's asking me any questions. So it's the same kind of thing, isn't it? It's a matter of replacing it and and finding something healthier that's going to work better than a booze. Yeah, so I drank before going out and I couldn't often remember leaving the house. So I wouldn't remember my entire night which is mental, isn't it? I wouldn't even remember leaving my house because I've been doing shots of vodka in my living room before going out. It's crazy. So what's the point in even going out then? I don't really understand. I had a reputation of being an extrovert. I remember on my 30th, I just wanted to do a big show. I was living in Thailand at the time and I hired chairs and I closed down a road. Yeah, And I got so nervous before it because I'd, I'd made it all huge and everyone had expectations I took a cup of Valium and and drank some Thai whiskey and was passed out by the time everyone arrived oh my god yeah I think that's dangerous you know the obviously that's dangerous what I think is equally dangerous is the reputation that you convince your friends think of you that makes sense yes because I you you thought I was the the party or the fun one and then you sort of start playing 
the reputation that you think you have. Yep. I've had that. People think I'm the happy guy. Yes. So I feel like, oh God, I can't be unhappy because I'm the happy guy in my friend's eyes. I don't even know if I am the happy guy in my friend's eyes. But you tell yourself a story and then start acting that part. It's funny you say that because a good mate of mine, one of my best friends in the whole world, Nicky, he listens sometimes. He was suffering from a few mental health issues, but he didn't tell me. I didn't hear from him for a long time. He kind of went missing. And when I spoke to him about it, he said a similar thing. He said, Vicky, you're my happy place. I don't want to bring my sadness to you because you're always happy. But I was like, I'm your best mate. I want to know about how you're feeling. But it's a similar thing. It it sort of distorted me and my personality because he didn't want to bring me his his sadness. And of course, I'm open to sadness. I'm yeah. open to everything. And it's it's a shame that my reputation and my joy or my pretend joy gets sometimes in the way, yeah. like you're saying, of, of me having real relationships with people because yeah. I don't want to put a downer on you when you're like that the whole time. Well, I'm, I met someone yesterday and I asked her how her day was and she told me that she'd already cried six times that day. God. And I was like, immediately I liked her. I was like, God, that's such a great thing to share with someone that you don't know. Yeah. And me seeing a vulnerability and seeing the not happy or I mean, some of the first time I better make a good first impression yeah. immediately drew me to her. Right, because it's more interesting, isn't it? more real, yeah. Yeah, it's more real. Like you say, yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. Everyone's fine. Nobody's fine. (laughs) I think that's what we'll discover, isn't it? When you dig deep, nobody's 100% (laughs) fine. Yeah, Yeah, so it's a lot of pressure being that extrovert. Everybody was gone from that party. I danced on my own on the empty street in the end. It wasn't a good look. I was stumbling all over the place, slurring. But anyway. Oh, you woke up eventually. I woke up eventually and I was on my own. Yeah, it was weird. But I was 30, so I was fine. Uh, I used alcohol to be more confident with boys. That was the main reason I used alcohol at the start for Dutch courage um, and it drowned out the awkwardness of willies and fumblings in the nether regions you know that is so awkward I still find that stuff awkward now I'm quite awkward around sex because I think I used alcohol to have sex for so many years even now I'm still very very awkward around it and find it quite confronting it's weird that you are awkward around willies given I've seen you dressed up as a willy oh yes I do have an inflatable penis costume Yeah, that hasn't helped with the awkwardness i nearly choked to death on that cock i tell you (laughs) it was so tight around my neck (laughs) so it's this inflatable thing and it it can't let any air out and your head hole it has to go really tight around the neck it's not the first time i've nearly choked on a penis (laughs) i knew that was coming (laughs) i left it unsaid yeah did, did it help or not this boozing to get on better with men I thought it helped but it meant that I just had really dysfunctional relationships quite honestly Mm. I never really had a good relationship because it always started where I met someone at a bar or a nightclub or somewhere that wasn't appropriate I slept with them and then ended up in some weird relationship because I thought that's what I was supposed to do and I had sex with people because I thought that's what they wanted it was never me going this is what I want in a clear mind Mm. it was always like oh I think he I think he might like me I will allow him to fornicate with me yes it was really, really bad judgment and, and that's what alcohol did for me, which of course is why one of the reasons I had to stop. But that never entered the years when I was married. Of course, Hamish, all the fun was before then. Yeah, so it didn't really help me sort of discover who I was, this type of drinking. It didn't do me any favours. It was kind of propping up my personality and gave me a reputation of being a sort of lost-it party girl. I was unaware of my environment and my own behaviour. It's actually a shame because I think I could have been all right without it. I was probably a bit extrovert growing up as a child Mm. I always had the jokes and the punchlines I was fun at school I was never shy or retiring I was the life and soul before the first drink so it is a bit sad if only I'd known my own strength Hamish at the time I could have just led a life without alcohol I know well you are that person at a party now yeah you were before you were after and yes you were during but you didn't need to 
didn't need to have the boost. Didn't to be need that to miss out on all those years. Yeah. yeah. Did you use booze to make yourself more likable, do you think? Well, I thought about this question a lot this week. I mean, I think what I've tried to ask myself is whether or not me using alcohol made me more of an extrovert. You know, did it really turn me up or not? And I think I try to imagine the dream situation. Okay, so the dream situation would be that after a few drinks, I was the best version of myself. I was funny. I was entertaining. I had all the great conversations. I spoke to thousands of strangers who all thought I was amazing. The truth is, I can't remember any of those strangers. Yeah. So even if that perfect night happened, they are not my friends. You know, we didn't exchange numbers. No real connections were made. What was the point? But also, we don't know what's going on in someone else's head. Yeah. So we're making up all these connotations in our brains thinking, well, I think that person thinks that of me and that's okay or that's yeah. not okay. But of course, they might fucking hate you and think you're yeah. a total tit, but you would never know because they're probably smiling at you and dancing with you at the dance floor. So you just never know anyway. So it even makes it even more pointless. Yeah, yeah. And you're yeah. not reading any of the social clues probably. No. I think, you know, real connection takes time. And I think given that I'm going to be or most of us are sober more than we're drunk, you hope. Wouldn't it be better if they liked the sober version of us first? You know, if they met yeah. the sober you, which is the authentic real you, first, decide if they like you or not, either way, that's fine. And then you can form a relationship or a connection. So, yeah, I was an extrovert long before alcohol entered my life. Talked about the Uno. I used to enjoy reading in front of the class. I used to enjoy performing in concerts, playing, playing music. So I guess if I was always an extrovert before, I didn't really need the booze. No. You know, that was that was always in me. And as an adult, I've still still been this this extrovert. You know, I do these mankini marathons. I used to work. I used to work as a mascot. Four years, I was a seven foot lion <laughs> called Caesar. Really? Yeah. For who? Surrey County Cricket Club. Oh, the cricket club, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They wanted me to have a signature dance move because yeah. the Vinnie the Viking from Yorkshire could do the worm. Well, I couldn't do the worm because I had a really big helmet. Also, yeah. I can't do the worm because I'm not good dancing. So I was the robot. Okay, excellent. Yeah, yeah, the robot one. lion. Yeah, robot lion. I did a marathon in that in that costume, Mitchell. God, yeah. you, is there anything you haven't done a marathon in? <laughs> Mascots <laughs> and mankinis. So okay, yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah, I've always done public speaking at fundraisers. I've talked about the radio. So I guess the question is, you know, have I danced harder, partied later, or been more desirable to those I'm attracted to because of drink? Mm. And the answer is probably not. No. You know, it's probably led to me acting like more of a dick, making big mistakes and acting in ways that I'm embarrassed of. Yeah, because that's when you wake up and realise I was being an extrovert last night and sometimes an extrovert means I was actually acting like a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And probably sober you extrovert is enough. Yes. Sober extrovert plus alcohol is probably a dick. Yeah, it's probably a dickhead, probably yeah. a really annoying person. Yeah. There is a great quote, Hamish. Introverts enjoy people watching. Extroverts enjoy people watching. Maybe when we get sober, we don't care if people are watching anymore. I love that quote. Because when it's written down, I had to read it a few yeah. times and be yes. like, I don't understand where she's going with this. Yeah. Now you've said it out loud. I'm like, ah, that's a brilliant quote. Yeah, because you're saying like with the alcohol, like oh, we're just doing it for everybody else. Are we just are we doing that for ourselves or are we just doing it to get liked? Yeah. For me, I had a real penny drop moment with regards to this people watching comment, which was when I was at drama school, one of the first exercises that we did, and it went on for maybe 15 or 20 minutes, there's they just wanted everyone on their feet and dancing around the room. Mm. And I remember having this thought of oh my God, like, am I dancing like an idiot? Am I a bad dancer? People looking at me. And then I just realised everyone is so worried about the way they are dancing and having the same thoughts that I'm having. No one's looking at you. 
No one's looking. No one cares. And that was like a big moment for me. I was like, oh my God, everyone is so worried about themselves. They're not, they're not, we haven't got time to judge other people when you're worried about whether or not you're dancing like a dick. That's what creates our insecurities. Yeah. Because if we didn't care what anybody else thought about us, then you wouldn't have any, would you? It doesn't yeah. matter. Nothing matters anymore. Well, it's similar. Have you ever thought of, I've thought of doing an exercise where we get lots of people in a room, everyone dancing with your eyes closed. Mm. And if you're the kind of person that, opens their eyes halfway through just to check, then maybe there is an insecurity there. Yeah. Really, we should be able to all close our eyes and just go for it and not care without having sneaky peeks. I would be having sneaky peeks because I get self-conscious about things, which is bullshit and I hate myself for it. Mm. I need to go on some like tour. I need to go off and lick a toad's back in the Amazon, take some ayahuasca and be confronted with my own ego for a few days because I think that would bring me back down to a more normal level where can I just accept that whether someone hates me or whether they don't, it doesn't matter. Can we do a Sober Awkward on tour ayahuasca episode? Yes, please. Yes. It's 14 (laughs) hours long, me and you talking complete crap. Yeah. (laughs) About no change there then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sort of like this whole series. Yeah. So are you less of an extrovert now? Are you still happy to put yourself out there when there are no shots of vodka pumping through your bloodstream and none of the distractions that come with booze? Well, I don't feel the need to put on a show for others, as I said before. You know, I don't really give a fuck if anyone likes me. And that is a brilliant change in me. Mm. When I was hungover and my husband was there coaxing me down from a panic attack as I was holding my fingers to my throat, feeling my whether my heart was going to stop or not, wow. he was there saying are you all right? And I'll be saying, did I make a dick out of myself? That was my main concern. That was making me mentally ill, that feeling of somebody, you know, making that phone call the next day, oh, you said this or you offended them or, you know, all of these awful things that I never knew whether they'd happened or not because I'd been in a blackout. So like that fear of the unknown combined with my social anxiety and my self-awareness caused me to have really, really bad anxiety the following Mm. day. And now it's taken me a while but I don't care really what people think about me anymore, which is completely life-changing for me. I don't give a shit. I can't control what people think, and it is a really wonderful feeling. I do still like to make people laugh. I think that's still a bit of a people-pleaser thing that I have. That hasn't changed. I just like seeing people smile. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It makes me happy. It makes them happy. It's still a role that I'm happy to bring. I don't think you should label yourself as a people pleaser in a bad way yes I think people pleasing is a nice person you want the people around you to have a good time yeah because it sort of has negative connotations nowadays doesn't it yeah I am a people pleaser and I do it because I do like making other people happy there might be some weird egotistical thing in there somewhere we'll have to step into that in in the forest in the Amazonian jungle I think so I'm still an extrovert it's a habit of mine sometimes I might be doing the odd sober swan dive occasionally and doing some weird stompy rave dancing in a nightclub or at a wedding and I have to remind myself that it hurts and looks a bit silly doing stompy rave dancing but like I can still say fuck it and carry on and not care it's all about being less conscious of what anybody thinks and sober means I'm happier and I'm a sober extrovert that is happy to dance in a mosh pit with the rest of the Larry crowd it does make me feel a bit out of my comfort zone at times but I truly believe when you're out of your comfort zone that's when you really start living and I do try and push myself outside that even if I don't want to do something I generally say well that means I've got to do it Mm. so I'm always pushing myself and I can only do that in sobriety when I was hungover or drunk I could never have pushed myself out of my comfort zone it's such an attractive trait in you that you have that I remember I came to your house for Halloween last year and firstly your family is always the greatest at costumes 
and you guys are all dressed up like the best version. I can't remember what you were. were I was you a evil doctor? Man. <laughs> and I was drinking at the time, and you were having miles more fun than me. You yeah. were dancing, and yeah. I remember feeling self-conscious. I didn't know that many people there, and I was drinking, and you weren't. And I was like, God, like, look at her go. I don't know what I was doing, really. But yeah, I do enjoy dancing still. Like I, I do enjoy dancing. I do find it hard, but I know that I've got to carry on. It's yeah. like I've got, I've got to keep that part of me alive break through that yeah I've got to break through it yeah so it's still in me that extrovert allowing my extrovert side to shine without the boozy crutch does actually feel amazing now I enjoy allowing that part of me to come out yeah and it is possible to be an extrovert sober do you think Hamish that you'll struggle to socialize over the next year without alcohol I don't think so I think I am conversation wise I'm confident I feel I'll be all right talking to people that are drunk. Mm -hmm. That's not a huge issue. The dancing, I think, like you said, is probably awkward for the first minute or two. And then you realise that either everyone else is drunk or everyone's worried about how they're dancing and you'll just be one of the crowd. I think I might have to come and film you doing some dancing and put it on the cover community. I love dancing. I love it. So yeah, I, I think it's definitely something I've thought about a bit since giving up booze there are very much yeah these weddings in my mind that are going to be big piss-ups yeah and i am curious to see how i go i think i'm looking at it as like a really like those nights are gonna be really good challenges like really good tests of can i do it and And you know what i think they're going to be the things that change you going out there when you get sober instead of staying at home is what's going to keep you on track if you stay at home and nothing changes you're going to get bored and isolated and you're going to start drinking again mm. when you get out there like what you're going to do you're going to go to weddings and you go to nightclubs and you're going to continue socializing in the way that you always have done with alcohol that is how you're going to learn how to be the sober you mm. And getting to one of those events and being sober and being at a wedding and then waking up the next day with no hangover, no regrets, having had a brilliant time, having had genuine connections with all the people there is going to keep you on track. And that's what's going to make you want to do it again and again and again. And that's when that builds up, that makes you go... Why have I ever drank? Why did I ever do this? I cannot see the point. And it takes time and it takes practice going to those things. And it can be hard and it can be out of the comfort zone. But when you do it again and again and again, it is going to build your confidence and it's going to make you into an extrovert that doesn't drink. I hope so. Well, I don't know if you agree with this, but in other other nights out where I've had, I've experimented with not drinking before on a night out. I found that a pub is easy. A pub is conversation based yeah that's okay a nightclub is kind of easy as well because it's just dancing yep a bar is challenging is what i found because the music's on loud enough that you have to shout to be heard so you're not having good conversations but the music's not the focus of the room so you're not dancing Mm. so it's just standing up being barged by tipsy people not great depth of conversation that environment is horrible, I think, to be sober in. I think you've really got to choose your environments. Mm. You've got to be strict. Going to your old horn where you used to get wasted with Steve from school, it's not going to be a good place for you to hang out anymore. You've got to work it out in your sobriety, Hamish, like where are going to be your safe places? Where are going to be the places where you can go and have decent conversations? Because nights out aren't going to be about being a blithering idiot passed out on a park bench anymore. They're going to be about you wanting to have real fun and you want to come away thinking, well, that was good. And the only way you're going to do that is to go and have decent conversations and have a good dance. So you've got to choose places that make you feel comfortable and allow you to do 
those things. Like we both did, most people use alcohol to increase their confidence. But I think it's probably just covering up an insecurity you might have with regards to social situations. Like we've said, the only way to overcome this insecurity is to put yourself in those situations sober. Don't give up booze, then lock yourself away. Get out there. Yeah, get out there. Cheers to that, Hamish. If you are new to sober life, don't dismay. Even though you may feel like hiding for the first few months, it will get easier. The clouds will part, the sun will shine, and your true self, without those red wine teeth and blotchy neck, will start to peek through. You will begin to feel healthier and happier, and in turn, that will make you more confident in social situations. Believe it or not, that extroverted side of you, the character that only felt feasible when pissed, is still in you. She's still in me. She's hiding. She's hiding. If it's not, and you don't want to play the role anymore, and then that's even better. You can be an introvert on a night out too. Everyone else's fun is not your responsibility anymore. With sobriety comes contentment. The need to please others disappears. And if you stay home, put your feet up, and watch Friends reruns for five hours on a Friday night, well, who bloody cares? It's a good conversation in that anyway. If anyone that can drop a Friends quote to me, I'm gonna like. Yeah. It's a very easy way to my Very heart. your era, that, isn't yeah, it? it is. <laughs> don't try and quote them to me because I won't know. No, I won't. But let's not put you off, Hamish. We don't want you staying at home in your slippers, do we? I'd be quite happy staying at home in my slippers. I've got fantastic slippers. But I'm happy to be the sober gimp to test out these situations and show the listeners that even if you are sober, anything is possible. So if you're worried about whether you can still be an extrovert or the most fun version of yourself without booze, you definitely can. In fact, you probably already have at some point in your life. Yeah, you may just don't remember those nights because they were so rare. <laughs> so whether you are introvert or extrovert, don't let booze drown that out. Celebrate you, the true you who burns within, and don't change it for anyone. So if, like me, you want to practice going out without booze, get the ball rolling by just giving it a try. Then let me know about it on the Give Up Club group on Cuppa. Any tips would be greatly appreciated. Now, as you all know, every other week on this podcast now, we're going to give the sober gimp, the sober extrovert here, Hamish, a challenge. Yes. Here we go, gimpy. So the, what was the title of it, Hamish? Can you remind me? So I wanted people to finish the sentence. The hardest thing to do sober is blank. I know some of the listeners have a good sense of humour. So for those of you thinking of answers like sleep with my ex-husband or babysit my kids, please do still send them in yes. because they'll make us laugh. We like reading those. But don't expect Hamish to actually do them. Although I am looking to go out for dinner next Friday. I'm in need of a babysitter, Hamish. Does John need a bit of fellatioing as well? Oh, fellatio, yes. yes. Of course, my husband always is demanding, especially on his birthday once a year. Yeah. <laughs> I demand fellatio. Yeah, lucky man. <laughs> Just one, once more a year than I get it. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll try and keep this legal and morally in tune as possible. I don't want Hamish to end up in prison, although booze is probably hard to get in prison. So I think him taking a year off might be a little bit easier. That's not a bad idea. And I could probably smuggle a bottle of tequila in my sphincter for you, Hamish. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. One of my favourite words. Yeah. One of the things most people find hardest to do sober is talking to strangers. So, Hame, I have a little gift for you to accompany this week's challenge. Here we go. I don't know if I like where this is going. Thank it's you. It's beautifully wrapped up. Yeah. Oh, wrapped by our friends at Australia Post. Yes. <laughs> okay. What have we Here got? we go. So... It is a black T-shirt mm -hmm. with big letters on the front <laughs> that read free hugs. Yep. 
So are you wanting me to wear this? I'm challenging you to go out to perhaps a wine bar or the street yep. and stand and wear your T-shirt and offer free hugs to people you don't know. Oh, my gosh. This and is going to be out of my comfort zone. It is, yeah. But a good challenge. A great challenge. I'm so excited. Don't worry. We're going to post lots of pictures of him being awkward. <laughs> Soberly awkward. Oh, my God. Feel the awkward and do it anyway, Hamish. That is our motto. That is the slogan. I just wanted to remind people that we've put a Spotify playlist on Cuppa. So go to the Cuppa community and you'll be able to find the Spotify playlist on there. It's all loads of happy songs. So if you're having cravings or you're feeling sad or down, whack that playlist on and have a little boogie in your car and get out of the comfort zone. Yeah, so the not just songs about booze they are songs that make us happy and make us move aren't they yeah definitely i just wanted to finish hamish because you mentioned your slippers and i've got my terrible diary entries here i'm going to read you a poem from 1999 that i've written in my diary about slippers are you ready okay what rhymes with slippers is all i'm thinking yeah (laughs) slippers are fucked up in the head you wear them when you go to bed i suppose they keep your feet warm but you can't wear them in the storm shoes are best i like shoes (laughs) wow why did you never become a poet (laughs) oh god don't worry I've got a few of those that's nice did you write that sober do you reckon or was that I think I may have been on acid yeah (laughs) that's some of your best work yeah thanks thanks for listening everyone (laughs) if you're questioning your relationship with booze you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. fix has got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. They have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Amish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? <laughs>